I'm Jacob Rodriguez, Editor-in-Chief of the University Star, and you're listening to a University Star podcast. Around here, when you win, it isn't good enough. You know, but when you lose, damn sure ain't good enough. So so what is good enough? You guys need to tell us what is good enough. I guess you get paid to cause controversy, but in this locker room, we're not going to help that call. You, you write that in the paper. You write that. You make money off that. You're carrying on like a legacy, like your last name, you know? The people that did this in the 80s, they weren't doing it just because, oh, they thought it was a cool hairdo. No, they were doing it because they were badass. We back. I know y'all miss me. Uh, it's been a while, but I'm, uh, in case y'all forgot, I'm the sports editor, Claire Partain. I'm back on Cats Got Our Tongues, and I'm here with Colton McWilliams. What's up, Colton? Oh, nothing much. Like I said, how was your trip to Switzerland? Like It was kind of incredible. Um Aside from a few things, okay? Okay. So, first off, I lost my passport two days before. So, you know, that's kind of an issue when you're going across countries, right? So, last minute, you can actually do same-day passport. So, I figured that out, Mm -hmm. changed all my flight schedules, and just traveled alone to Switzerland. Okay. But some other things did happen along the way. First off, I was in a foreign train station with no English to help me out. Oh. So that was frightening. And also they lost my luggage. So everything that could go worse basically went. Yes. But in the end, you know, I was like, well, I am in Switzerland. So yeah. it, was, it was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, it was awesome. But anyway, yeah. So we're here actually to talk about. We actually have some content all of a sudden. Um, no, we went from going no content and all of a sudden everything, everything is happening at, at once. once. We literally had to choose. We had to narrow down the things we would talk about today, mm-hmm. which I can't remember that happening. No, because really. it's usually just like, like okay, we're going to do one segment and mm-hmm. another segment. And, well, that's it. Now it's like, oh, yeah, we've got like five, six different segments yeah. going on. Then... Y'all might have to listen to us for a couple hours tonight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're talking about volleyball today, which is pretty exciting. They're starting their season next Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Yeah, and then they're going to play a doubleheader with Liberty and USC. And one thing I've noticed here is Chisholm is packing the schedule with pretty crazy contenders. I know. It's really fascinating. When I I read the schedule, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a, it's not like small time. Like these are big time college Mm -hmm. schools. Like I said, the opener is going to be against Liberty, which Liberty, no one talks about Liberty, which kind of like a. Kind of like, kind of like us, just a mid-major. Yeah. But then we turned right around and playing like USC of all. When I saw that, my jaw actually dropped. I know. When (laughs) I saw that, I was like, USC, like, University of Southern California, like. Like, damn. Yeah. And it doesn't even get like, and it doesn't even let up. Yeah. So they, like, if we look at the schedule, then they play the next day at Northern Iowa. Then they play at Rice. And then they go to what is it called? The I guess the low. Uh, Long Beach State mm-hmm. like tournaments, and you got well like, the host Long Beach State, but also you throwing UCLA in Georgia, UCLA Georgia and Texas A and M too. Oh no, that's no, no that's, that's the yeah. next tournament. My bad, my bad. Yeah, they've Getting got ahead like, of a, ourselves. a load of like really like big time like tournaments. So mm-hmm. you go to the Long Beach one, and then you turn around and go that. To go to Texas A&M to College Station to play A&M, UTRGV, and then Northwestern State. Mm-hmm. And then I think the last, like, Power 5 opponent is Baylor. Right, yeah. That's going to be September 24th, right before conference play. So this schedule, it, it is not an easy schedule. Like, this is a loaded... Oh, it's it's insane. Do you I think can't... Chisholm's... Do you think she's too confident for doing this? Or what? why do you think she did this? No, I think it's just because it's how, like, all great coaches you... Basically play like a tough non-schedule, mm-hmm. so when you get into Sun Belt Conference, you're gonna be like, "Oh, we've already played like the big power right. power conf- 
power teams. Now mm-hmm. we're going to play all these Sunbelt teams who are not on the level as power five teams, but we've prepared ourselves right. for those type of games. And do you think that we're starting to become a name, not necessarily a power five at all, yeah. but do you think we're starting to become a name like, to be reckoned with a I little bit? I think it's slow. I think this, the ball's like slowly turning mm-hmm. because, you know, two years ago we were made, like wasn't the NCAA turning, but it was like a, Invitational tournament, yeah, yeah, and then the next season we went out, win the Sun Belt, mm-hmm. like the regular season title, won it all, win the turn, like the postseason tournament mm-hmm. title, win an NCAA game. Yeah, we beat the crap out of Rice, and we're actually playing Rice. Yeah, in it's a couple gonna be games, a so that'll be fun. Yeah, and then we ended up losing to Texas, which it, that's no shame to losing to Texas, who is it like really another isn't. power. Like one of the mm-hmm. mo- power like volleyball schools. I was honored to lose to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> and now, yeah, it's it is like a big. Like, we're finally getting the volleyball school finally mm-hmm. getting the ball rolling. It's like, right. okay, this is we are going to be the premier, like, volleyball mm-hmm. team in Texas. Well, we've known for a long time, or as a sports, um, you know, section, yeah. or at least I've said it, and so has Jacob, that volleyball kind of carries specifically the fall season, but also kind of our athletic program. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. It's like... Like I said, all the women's programs yes. carry the torch. Yes, exactly. So it's pretty exciting to see that we're playing all these. I mean, these are going to be some fun games to yeah, go It's going to be really cool, Like especially seeing like USC in mm-hmm. San Marcos. Crazy. Because it's usually all these like schools like us. We're not like these big name schools. Mm-hmm. We're always going to like the U.S. Like a Texas or an A and M or a Baylor, it's you. It's a rare chance to see like a big name like mm-hmm. USC coming to, to make them come Mar- here. Yes. yes, exactly. And uh, so I went to meet the cats a couple days ago and saw mm-hmm. everyone. Um, we only have four seniors this four season. Four seniors. Yeah. Wow. And one's a transfer. She's new here. She okay. was in a community college. So I don't know. I was a little shocked. I think we might be a younger team. I didn't yeah, really that, realize that. Yeah, it really that. sounds like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Um. And I guess we can talk a little bit also they about sweeping the preseason awards. Yes, they swept like <laughs> offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and I think setter of the year. Mm-hmm. And with the unanimous, unanimous like Sunbelt preseason champion. Yeah, exactly. Every single head coach said, yeah, they're going to take it. That's that, crazy. That is crazy. Not just for volleyball, but like any sport to just sweep everything. Insane. Insane. And so what do you think about, do you think those expectations are going to be met this season? What do you think about that pressure that's coming? Well, I think that's, I think as a, being the premier like sport and like, you got to have these expectations. Mm -hmm. You've got to at least meet them because I think everyone is excited. Like, yeah, we want a postseason game, but we can't just like, oh yeah, we reached that peak and then just all of a sudden just go downhill from there. Right. It's like something like, okay, what's, you need always need to build off yeah, of that. Exactly. Build like okay, we've won a pe- we won that. It's well, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. Like, what can we do? That's more another mountain to climb. Right. And what have these players said about the next step? So I've been like, from all the stories I've heard, a lot of these players they're accepting like, oh yeah, we are ready for this challenge. Like mm-hmm. we're actually prepared to win like a second NCAA tournament game. So like a lot of these players are you're gonna hear like a lot of chant like sweet sixteen. And I was just like, damn, damn. Guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the confidence. Yeah, though. it is and like to be honest, like, yeah, I want this team to have like swagger mm-hmm. and confidence. Like, yeah, we're I want the, it too. We are the baddest B words on the planet mm-hmm. in the state. <laughs> and we're not scared of anyone. Like that is right. an awesome confidence boost and swagger mm-hmm. to have and it's, i think it's great for any program that 
be able to boost that confidence and swagger. Oh yeah, it helps the program and it helps the fans like rally behind. Like, oh yeah, we're we're cool. Well, people get excited when players are like even cocky. Like yes. if you're if you're really feeling yourself, all the fans are gonna go crazy. Yeah. I'm going crazy. The best way to describe this is like the Miami football program during the mm-hmm. late during like the during the 80s they got that swagger and confidence and it basically just became like their brand mm-hmm. almost like a brand like yeah oh yeah if you are a really good football player in miami you're cocky as hell like <laughs> miami is the place to be mm-hmm. but no i really i want these players to show like their personality because like i know i hate the term when sports people are like oh yeah we want your athletes to be like yes ma'am you know like so polite so and stuff. polite that I, like, I get it, but, like, at the same time, they're having fun. But sports are so emotional. I know. they Like, it's like the U.S. women's team when everyone's getting mad I for being. I hated how they were. I know. Mm. But when they're the best team on mm-hmm. the planet, like, you can do whatever mm-hmm. the heck you want to do. Yeah. Like, the Texas State volleyball player. Like, they've proven themselves like the best team in the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. And, like, having that confidence, like, yeah, if you want to beat it, like, if, if you want to shut us up, come beat us. Yeah. I mean, that is, I think that's a good, like, trait to have. Like, if you believe you are the best team, like, well, then come come at us come and Come on, beat us. let's go. Yeah. And we've got these big teams coming, so that's yes. going to be really exciting. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this was Colton McWilliams. Really excited for the season. Y'all should show out at the Friday Please. doubleheader. If you're busy at noon, no worries. There's a game at 7. Mm-hmm. Or go to both. But, yeah, this will be really exciting. So, everybody show out. Yes, please show out for our volleyball team. Like I said, it is probably the best sport between volleyball and mm-hmm. like women's soccer. These are These the best are two are programs, the and they need your support. Yep, this is the place to be. So, yeah, mm-hmm. y'all better be there. All right, thanks, Colton. No problem. All right, so now I'm back with the VP of podcasting, Andrew Zimmel. I miss saying that. And then I'm here with Jacob Rodriguez, our editor-in-chief. And we're going to talk about Vit Marcus, that announcement. Um, Jacob's been the biggest fan of Tyler Vit for, like, a really long time. and uh, Since before, he probably should have been a fan yeah, of Tyler Vitt. Yeah, since Vitt. before, like, At it made any sense. The only supporter of Tyler Vitt, I think. <laughs> he's the only person I know that has been kicked out of a press box. That's the only – that's the – Jacob, honestly, editor-in-chief. Should claim to uh, You know, bad boy of Texas State journalism, all that type of stuff. Those titles are <laughs> below – the fact he's the only person I personally know mm-hmm. that has been kicked out of a press box. Escorted too. Escorted. <laughs> Escorted you were dangerous. Claire, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a pretty dumb person, and I haven't ever <laughs> been kicked out of a press box. <laughs> That's actually impressive. You know, if I was to pick between the two, you're both more likely than anyone else on the sports section to go, but <laughs> I would have thought you would have been kicked out too. No. So <laughs> what happened to me very quickly was mm-hmm. I had uh, a large man goes by the name of Rick Porter tell me. Poulter, Poulter, whatever. Wow. Point is, is that he told me very early, large hand on my shoulder, that there's no cheering in the press box. Yeah. And since then, I have been very quiet. Well, you know that what? Self-control Rick right there. never had that heart-to-heart with me. <laughs> he just assumed I knew what I was doing. He didn't and he mentor was wrong. you. So really, really, it's on Rick is what we're saying, right? Wow. So, <laughs> Rick's a good I'm guy. kidding, I'm yeah. kidding. We let's, talk, Rick. let's talk about Vit Marcus. So, yeah. We kind of had the suspicion early on in uh, this quarterback bot battle. Jacob had the suspicion Jacob. early on. I reported it, too. I don't think it's we. I gotta, it is a we. I don't think so. I got to backtrack a little bit, too, okay? The reason I knew that Tyler Vitt was going to be Tyler Vitt was at the UTSA game, which I did get kicked out of the press box at that game. <laughs> anyway, we go on the field. We see Tyler Vitt run from the one-yard line or whatever. We lose. 
Fast forward to the press conference where Ever Withers shows up and says, I didn't know I had a media obligation after the game. And we ask him, what happened out there? How come you went from uh, Willie Jones to Jalen Gibson, then Tyler Vitt, and then Tyler Vitt? What? Right. We didn't know what was going on. So I had the stones in the press conference to say, why go from Willie Jones to Jalen Gibson and not immediately to Tyler Vitt when you knew he was hot? Going back to the game before. Mm -hmm. To the Rutgers game? Ish, you know. He was better than the other ones. That's, uh, okay. So that's the bar. Yeah. It's just, okay. <laughs> All right, continue. Better than the other ones. I mean, what? <laughs> that is the bar. That's what it is, okay. So he said we didn't want to. Okay. And that was the only okay. response I got. And so because of that three-word response, we didn't want to, you went from that to this is going to be our starting quarterback for the 2019-2020 season. Day. He's for sure a gamer, you know? Like, you look at him and you're like, yep, that's the guy. Like, he just Maybe has swag. You... I mean, apparently people have been saying that he's a leader in the locker room and he's been doing stuff. So that stuff goes way more, in my opinion, than anything. Than talent. Yeah. Okay. So here's how I knew is I talked to people on the team like three weeks ago. And they told uh -huh. me that Tyler Vitt was the guy, that Gresh was the dude at the beginning, that when we hear Spav talk about, well, we pick one guy and then the other guy would step up. Right. Gresh was the guy getting first team reps when we started fall practice. Uh -huh. And then Vitt was the person who kind of took over. So I kind of had a suspicion that Vitt was probably going to be the guy that was going to be the starting quarterback like oh, three weeks ago. I think that a lot of us thought that that was the deal. Jacob was the only person that didn't switch horses mid-race. Right, exactly. So for that, he does get credit. No, uh, you do. You deserve some credit. I just credit. stick with the guy, you know? He's my guy. I, really I don't blame I think him. it was kind of a random claim, but like you're lucky that it worked out for you. I don't think I'm lucky. <laughs> I think that's skill. I saw the potential in this guy, and you know what? I bet on a solid horse. I think we all saw potential going forward, that we thought that Tyler, at some point in his time at Texas State, was going to be a starting quarterback. He's got the intangibles. Mm -hmm. He's a bigger guy in an offense that I thought was going to be, especially this year with the offensive line kind of having to learn another offensive scheme, that this is the dude that's going to be able to take some hits. This right. is the dude that is going to be able to move the ball down the field. I know Jacob's least favorite quarterback in college football is Sam Ellinger, who plays up the street. But I was talking to some guys yesterday, and I said that Vitt really reminds me of Sam Ellinger's cooler cousin, right? He's a dude that's going to Texas State. He looks a little bit more relaxed. Mm -hmm. I know Sam's a pretty relaxed guy at Texas, but I feel like Vitt is a pretty relaxed dude. Uh, when I went to a couple of the practices, and we saw them throwing the balls. We didn't get to see a ton of the first-team reps, but I was watching Gresh, Gresh throw. Ball came out of his hand a little loose. Brady McBride, uh, the guy from Memphis, the transfer mm -hmm. in, I was watching his stuff. And when we went to that press conference last week and Spav was telling us, like, hey, this is a dude that went down the field three times. It was the first time he got a chance to run reps uh, with the team. Scored three touchdowns on three drives. I could tell that he just was played better. And mm -hmm. maybe, oh, whoops, maybe I got suckered into Gresh being really good at Montana. Maybe I got suckered into Stitt being his guy. But I really do think Brady McBride and Tyler Vitt took big steps uh, since the last time we've seen him play. You know what we call that? Welcome back to D1, Gresh. <laughs> this is the big boys club. Tyler Vitt is no joke. He came from San Antonio MacArthur. His last year he had 
like 2,409 yards. I got that stat right. I didn't even look Damn. at the stat sheet. Boom. He did throw 20 interceptions, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, you talked to some te- learn. You talked to some teachers and coaches that have been in the MacArthur area that, you know, taught at that school that knew Tyler. And they all will say to you on and off the record that this is a guy that changed kind of the culture at MacArthur, that when he was in the lunchroom, when he was in the hallways and classrooms, that he was a leader. So I, I don't think that Spav's blowing smoke up our, mm-hmm. our butts when he says that this is a guy in the locker room that people respect and he's a leader. Now, what is interesting to me is that last year when we had the Willie Jones-Tyler Vitt argument, that it was a, hey, Willie can run the ball a little bit better. Uh, Passing-wise, they're probably the same, and Willie has had more reps. That's why we're taking Ty- or that's why we're putting him in the starting role. Mm-hmm. But once he got injured, Tyler had to take over. Now, for somebody with Jacob who's Vitt Marcus all the way – Last year, I thought it was a failure on the coaching staff in Texas State by burning his red shirt. That he doesn't get that chance to be a five-year kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Now, now that he the time the time is ticking, this is year two of a four-year process for him, and odds are he unless something crazy happens, he gets an injury red shirt. He's not going to get another red shirt. Mm-hmm. We're going to have him for three years. Uh, what are your ex- expectations for Vit this year? Well, it, it was a difference of like one or two games too that you know. Why, 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 why play him at all, really? Why play him at Rutgers or UTSA? So. I don't know. I would have played him at UTSA, though. That was fun. They played him at UTSA, and his, in, or his sack in the end zone ended up ending the game, costing the Bobcats a win. Does he call the plays? I don't think anybody on that offense called plays except Everett Withers. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Defensive head coach. I don't know how many offensive plays he was calling. But I, yeah. I will say that... He, they burned his red shirt really early last year. I was one of the people that was saying, what What are we doing here? Do mm-hmm. we have a plan going forward? Last year, we could see the writing on the wall that they were trying to win in as many games as possible, as quickly as possible. Yeah. In college football, that doesn't work. It was some desperation, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And that's still just three. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and, and I, think that this, I think this is a good learning experience for a lot of people, though. Yeah. Because as SPAV comes into year one, as we kick off on Thursday this, this season – if the season goes sideways, that it very possibly could. Mm-hmm. If the season goes sideways, that we can't be hitting the panic button really quickly. That this has been a, it's a it's a ten year process. Yeah, it really is. But also, us losing to A and M is not the season going sideways at all. No, that's no. not what I'm saying. Beating A and M is the season getting flipped completely <laughs> on its head. That's the difference. No, and I'm not saying that A&M, losing to A&M by 10 touchdowns isn't going to be the deciding factor no. and not the way that the season goes. Now, playing App State close mm-hmm. this year, playing Arkansas State close this year, I think that's a step in the right direction. Winning both of those Louisiana games I think would be a big victory for this like administration, mm-hmm. for this like staff. But you're right. like A&M, it doesn't matter. No. It's, a, it's a game check we get. Mm-hmm. It's just some attention we'll get towards our program, you know. So I know we were talking about it that and I think we're putting this in the paper on Tuesday, uh, the projections on what we expect from this game. And I know right. you talked to Colton and Sean's going to tell us what he thinks. Uh-huh. And he's told us like um, two months ago what he thought about this game. <laughs> yeah. So, Claire, right. the number 12 Texas A&M Aggies against Texas State. What mm-hmm. do you got? 34 and a half point underdogs, Texas State. So I really love underdogs, but I don't see anything happening other than us losing this week and i'm really not going to be disappointed i'm not going to be sad at all if we do so you know that's how it is what jacob do what do you got definitely a&m yeah I mean, I'm it's trying pretty to, obvious i'm trying to keep a really good pick record 
going yeah. against up the both of you. I think we're going to do like four or five games. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be 4-0 at the end of it. It's 44-20, Texas State. I'm the only person that oh, actually you gave a the score. score. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know you wanted a score. So I, I, I think score, yeah. I 100% think it's like it's going to be a 24-point game. Yeah. Uh, this is the Texas State team that's going to get down by three touchdowns early. Mm-hmm. And I think that Kellen Mond's not going to play the second half. The defense for A&M is probably going to have their third and walk-ons come on somewhere in the fourth. I could see us like missing an extra point too. I think that's the prop bet that I have is that we're going to miss – at least like ten extra like extra points throughout the season. I think that that's a real good over under. Okay. We've been really bad at special teams. That is, mm-hmm. if we if we can just get on the board early with a made field goal, in Ky- in Kyle Field making a field goal, I think is a big deal. How do you think our players are going to react to being in Kyle Field compared to you know here where we have like a hundred people, a hundred students there? <laughs> uh, so that's a <laughs> gross <laughs> exaggeration, uh, but it's I think it'll be interesting because A yeah. and M, A and M, no matter what, they could be playing the school of the blind and deaf. They're still going to show out. Kyle yeah. Field will always it's be rocking. It's a cold, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that no matter who they play, they're going to show out. It's going to be yeah. a big game for the Aggies, and it's. It's going to be interesting. This will be the first time that a lot of those players have played in front of a a crowd of that many people, in yeah. front of a crowd that cares this passionately about college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a good good step. Yeah. For a guy like Brian London, who potentially could be playing in the NFL next year, that's going mm-hmm. to be my uh, hill that I'm going to die on, that right. Brian London will be in the NFL next year, speaking into existence. For a guy like him, it's going to be uh, kind of a taste of what it's like to play in front of 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. All right, well... I just don't think that there's, like, no way that Texas State doesn't try to be at least competitive. Like, if we are down, we're going to be trying to take shots up the field and just doing shit that, like, you haven't seen from Texas State before because we really have nothing to lose. So do you think we're going to play up to play up higher because there's so much... Or is A&M going to play down to our Yeah, which way, which way do you think it's going to go? I think this game is played in a studio similar to this size, right? And it's two of them. A&M has a gun, the lights are off, and Texas State has a knife. So we're going to try whatever we have to do to win. Okay. I Weird analogy. I've never heard that analogy I know. before. I, it, it took me on a ride. I'm not going to lie. It did. So yeah. I think, so what, do you like, are you a, we're going to like beat the spread type of guy? Or what, what are you thinking here, Jacob? Okay, so uh, Texas State coach Oscar Strand once said, a bobcat will fight you with everything he has. With claws, teeth, speed, and brains. Texas State was the only college in the country until the late 1920s to possess the name for its athletic teams. We are the original Bobcats, and that's what's going to happen out there, I think. Wow, that was beautiful. Cool. Very beautifully said. Yeah, not by me, and definitely took me a long time to find that quote. But <laughs> All right, well, there you have it. So let's get off the San Marcos, or the Vit Marcus train and talk a little bit about soccer now. Oh, cool. So they beat Incarnate Word on Friday night right. 1-0 or 1-0 if you want to call it, on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, it was a great game. We have the recap coming up at some point. Kate Andrews yeah. writes that. That's mm-hmm. fun. Uh, it was, I mean, honestly, it's kind of what I expected. Incarnate Word isn't a great, I don't consider them a great powerhouse soccer team. Aren't they D2? <laughs> no, they're not D2. They're D1 AA, which if... Uh, uh, they're D2 of the D1s. So... 
<laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, don't don't call them. It's one of those things. Don't call it a comeback. Don't call them D two because they'll jump in your Twitter mentions. Well, and then we almost lost because we only scored one point against a team that we should be well, vastly better. I than. mean, soccer really isn't like that sometimes. I mean, what were the shots like? How many shots on goal did we have versus them? It was like uh like three to two or four to four to one. That's kind of low. Well, okay, so. I don't have the stats in front of me. Yeah, right. But from just like the eye test and feeling it, it mm-hmm. felt like Incarnate Word was on the offense a lot more than Texas State was. Where it felt like the ball, we were playing a lot more defense than offense. Okay. Now, we ended up winning the game, right. which is fine. It's game one of what, like 20 games. So Lots, I'm not like yeah. that worried about it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, this did feel like Heather Martin made, I think she made like two saves that I was like, impressed by where i said like okay this is the best defensive player yeah in the sunbelt look game one conference doesn't start for another month there's a lot of tuning up to do mm-hmm. this is, team is going to be fine it's a fine team i'm not going to overreact in one game and i know that's a lot coming from me the prez who freaks out when <laughs> nigel pearson has like a bad shooting night in november thinking like oh what is this going to do for our conference chances uh-huh. I- i'm not freaking out i'm turning over a new leaf i'm not freaking out over one game so you're basically saying calm down yeah like uh, the people behind me were freaking out they were saying like this is like uh kaylee davis wasn't playing well and that the offense wasn't good Mm -hmm. it's one game one game out of a a long schedule yeah was the baylor game a gut check you were there so uh okay the baylor game was uh at first it was kind of incredible because i literally sat down and we scored so I was like, wow, that's in- I-, I don't even know what to say right now. So I was like tweeting as fast as I possibly could because I had just said I was there. And then suddenly things get quieter, you know, and then 20 or so minutes in, Baylor scores. But uh, as the game kept going, you know, Baylor's 14th ranked in the nation. So I wasn't – I wanted us to win, but I wasn't like thinking we were exactly evenly matched, right? And three minutes before the game was over, Baylor scored one more time and – it hurt a little bit, but I wasn't. It's, it's kind of like you. It was an exhibition game. It wasn't even the start of the season. It was a two-one loss, uh, and we had a lot of. I mean, we had a lot going on. I think we did, did fine. You know, that's the thing. Like, I think going into the fall, unlike the spring that we just came off of, yeah. where we had high expectations for softball, high uh-huh. expectations for men and women's basketball. Uh, high expectations for the football season. We're coming off summer, and it feels like everything is fine, right? Yeah. Like the football team, if they lose to AM by 20 points, fine. If the soccer team only scores two goals through the first two games, I'm not that worried about mm-hmm. it. If volleyball kind of struggles because they play five Power Five teams before conference, yeah, I'm not like it's not the end of the world if they hit a couple road bumps. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the pan like. Panic level, call it panic level, call it just like, you know, a laissez-faire kind of attitude towards mm-hmm. like the teams. I'm not that worried about it right now. And maybe it's because it's like late August and not mm-hmm. October. It's not not the end of the world to me. And I mean, we've had a lot of hype right before this with the soccer team. We swept both soccer and volleyball. We swept the preseason specialty award. So we got offensive and defensive player of the preseason. And then also we were voted uh, – to win the win it all by the head coach's poll. So I don't know. I feel like, you know, with not Little Rock. Well it's not well it's not a chip yeah. on your shoulder either, too. Like mm-hmm. I think last year when we came in and we were thinking like, you know, Karen Chisholm, you know, like what type of what type of angle can we have here mm-hmm. with soccer? Do we have like a chip on our shoulder? Do we think that Heather Martin deserves to be a defensive player of the year and she got snubbed? With Nigel Pearson last year for basketball, a lot of people thought he should have been the best player coming in. We we're thinking like, oh, he's got a lot to prove. This year, it's it's hard. It's yeah. hard to have bulletin board material when you have a new head coach in football 
and both of your other sports going on are kind of picked to win the whole thing. It's mm-hmm. hard to get mad about it and come on a podcast and be like, oh, I can't believe this. You know? Yeah, yeah. We don't need to get angry too early, for sure, I think. So we get another chance to see them play, uh, you know, this early season tomorrow, actually, at 1. So uh, they're playing Prairie View. Are you going to be there, Zimbabwe? On Sunday, yeah. The- on Sunday, yeah. All right, so yeah, we'll see them again. And you actually have sports going on now, Claire. Oh, I'm so I was talking about it to Colton. This feels like foreign to me. I don't even remember what it was like. To work hard? Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you're not in the now you're not in a different country? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I had my own problems to deal with Simul. Okay. But yeah, I we'll just have actually have to cut down content instead of just put out anything and everything we possibly could. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting, but once again, uh, this was Andrew Zimmel and our editor-in-chief, Jacob Rodriguez. Sorry, VP of Podcasting. There we go. Yeah, VP of Podcasting. Also, that's going to do it for the show. That's going to do it for Cats Got Our Tongue. Tune in next week when we're going to talk Texas A&M, the fallout from that. We're going to talk about the upcoming game against Wyoming. And we're going to have all the new sports stories from all over Texas State and the San Marcos area. Thanks for listening.